0: Amen. So we are preaching through the book of Revelation. If you ever cross over chapter 12, when you get into chapter 12, you're there. There's no going back. And so there is no going back after today. We're going to finish this book. We're going to understand to the best of our ability what God is trying to say to us through the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation is easy to find. It's the last book in your New Testament, the very last book. It is between the book of Jude and your everlasting future. I mean, know you do have an everlasting future? And the book of Revelation is the last book before you step over that great divide. And the Lord has given us so many good things and showed us so many wonderful things. I praise God for that. Revelation chapter 12. Now, there's a promise in verse 3 of chapter 1 that you are blessed if you read the Scriptures and if you hear the Scriptures, there's a, there's a special blessing for hearing and receiving the Scriptures, for reading them and hearing them. There's even a greater blessing for obeying them. And because there is a blessing for reading and hearing the words of the book of Revelation... We're going to read the whole chapter 12 in Revelation, and um, let the Lord speak to your heart. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, just in salute and reverence to God's Word. All the books in the Bible read incredible ways. They are incredible verbiage from heaven. But the book of Revelation is probably the most intriguing language from heaven to us. Because it's in symbols and in signs. And it is incredible as we look at it. And there appeared, verse one, a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with a child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. And, And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. That's three and a half years. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels, fought with his angels, with his angels, and prevailed not, neither was there found place anymore in heaven. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he has but a short time, and when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, and to the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, and she that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time. That's three and a half years, for the face from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth waters, out of his mouth waters of the flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war against the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to use for a subject this morning, the woman, the son, and the dragon. You may be seated. Now there's other characters in this chapter 12, but I want to point out these three: the woman, the son, and the dragon. There's a lot of misunderstanding about this chapter. But if you'll take the Bible and let the Bible interpret the Bible, you will not be confused. It's when you get out of the Bible and you start listening to someone preaching or teaching that doesn't know the Bible, or you get out of the Bible with your own thoughts about the situation, then you get confused. But if you stay in the book... The book will straighten you out. Sometimes it'll hurt. Sometimes it'll crack, snap, and pop when he straightens you out. But the Bible will straighten us out. And I'm not saying that I know everything in the Bible because I don't. I know the book. I know the book. I just don't know everything that's in the book. I know the person of the book. I know the author of the book. I know the Redeemer, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I know the great teacher, the Holy Ghost. So I, I'm not saying that I know everything. I can learn. And that's why I don't take my old notes. We preached from Revelation in 2008 uh, through the whole book of Revelation. And I made it um, purposed in my heart that I would not use old thoughts and go back to the old recordings, that I would start fresh. And a couple of reasons I wanted to start fresh is because I want to learn more. I want to learn I want to grow, amen? amen? And I don't want to be, you know, a dud either. I, I don't want to just be, you know, you, you, listen, if you just preach from old notes all the time, you can't be honest, amen? You must understand that if you're going to be honest, you've got to be pliable by the Spirit of God. And God has to mold you and teach you and guide you. And I am not above that. I need that every day of my life. And so all of us need to learn and need to grow. And so I want to talk to you. And like I say, I don't know whether I'll get through the whole chapter 12 today. We may have to pick it up next Sunday. I'm not sure. It depends on how quick you listen. Amen. But we're talking about the woman and the dragon and the sun. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding about who the woman is. Some people believe the woman is the Virgin Mary. You see pictures that in Catholicism, where they have the son and, and Mary has the crown over her head, and they tend to say that it's Mary. Uh, if you ever meet a woman that tells you they are the woman in Revelation 12, Run. Run, 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 because she's crazy. And, you know, that's happened in the past. People have claimed to be the woman. Some of the ladies, that, and by the way, some of the false cults, they claim to be the woman. Um, understand me that the, the woman here in chapter 12, and, and I want to show you some scriptures so we'll understand who this woman is. And I'm just going to say who the woman is, who the man is, and who the dragon is. Now, if you don't know who the dragon is after he's been called every name in the book in this chapter 12, you're you're hopeless. But he is the serpent. He is the he is the uh, uh, devil. He is Satan. He is you know the fallen angel. He is. And so, if you miss who the dragon is, you just ain't got no hope at all. But you know who the dragon is. It's the devil. And the son that's come forth being birthed from the woman is none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The woman, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up, the woman is Israel. Jesus came from Israel. Jesus was born to a Israel maiden, Mary. God chose Israel. To present salvation to the world. And Jesus came through the Virgin Mary, born in Israel. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus came out of Egypt. Jesus came out of Egypt. You say, when did that happen? Well, I'll share with you just a little bit later on in the sermon. But uh, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 says, "Uh, I I called my son out of Egypt, and then when Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, it says, out of Egypt, I have called my son. So you say, well, you say, but Jesus was born uh, in Bethlehem, laid in a manger. That's true. But God spoke to Joseph and said, get the boy out and go into Egypt because Herod is going to try to kill the, the child. And so Joseph flees into Egypt with Mary and the child. And there they stay probably around a couple of years or so. And Herod sends a, a command to kill all the sons, all the male children, two years old and under, trying to get rid of this king of the Jews. That's Herod the Great. And so it's a shadow. Herod the Great was a shadow of the dragon trying to conquer Jesus Christ and put an end to it. So um, let me just give you some scripture because the best commentary of the Bible is the Bible. And where do we hear of a woman with um, sun, the moon, the star? Where do we hear of a vision of a sun, the moon, and the stars? In the Old Testament. Well, we hear of it here in the Genesis 37, verse 9 and 10. Remember, Joseph dreams a dream. And he dreamed that the sun and the moon and the stars, 11 stars, bowed before him. And Jacob interprets that and says, do you really think your mother and I and your brothers are going to bow before you? And the truth is, yes, he really thought that. And we know the story. If you're a Bible reader, you know that uh, famine came in the, land, um, in the land of Israel, or where Jacob was, and they, they were needing corn, and Joseph had already been sold into slavery. Joseph uh, rose to prominence with Potiphar and, and the king of Pharaoh of that, Egypt. There's a great harvest, and you know the story, the, the 11 sons of Jacob come to meet Joseph, and they did bow, and the father did bow. And so the, the sun is a, is a picture of Jacob. The uh, moon is a picture of Jacob's mother, or Joseph's mother, rather. Jo, uh, the sun a picture of Joseph's father, and the moon is a picture of Joseph's mother and the 11 stars a picture of his brothers and so we know by this that this woman is israel all through the scriptures the devil has tried to destroy israel even in our day in our day the devil has tried to destroy israel in our day did you hear what i said in our day Now, some of you can't go back to 1967. Some of you can't go back to 1948 when Israel became a nation. But in 1948, when Israel became a nation, there were six Arab worlds, Arab nations, that that, um, launched war against Israel. Israel only had two planes and no one to fly them. But Israel won that battle because of God's strength. They get attacked in 1967 and Israel says, well, you know, we, we wanna, we, we don't wanna work on a Sabbath, so let's get this war over in six days. And they attacked Israel. The Arabian nations attacked Israel in 1967. Remember I telling you over 20,000 uh, Arabian soldiers died and just a handful of Israelis died. And the world was shocked at how incredibly powerful Israel was. Well, they need to quit looking at how powerful Israel is and start letting see how powerful God is. Amen. Now, I've already made some of you a little upset, but listen to me real carefully. I, you know, Israel has always, the devil has always tried to conquer Israel. Now, I want you to notice something here. Israel had the man-child, Jesus, and then afterwards, the persecution of the dragon came after the birth. And so from there on, Satan has tried to stop Jesus, stop the move of God. And he persecutes Israel because Israel is the place that the Messiah came out of. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Now, let me make you real happy. Israel has always been attacked. Even to this day, when you look on a map, uh, the Arabian maps, Israel won't even be on the map because they don't recognize Israel as a nation. Many of those maps, Israel's not there. Iran has set their mark to destroy Israel. If they get a nuclear bomb, they'll try. But God's bigger. Amen? Now, here's where I'm going to lose some of you. I liked President Nixon. You say, but Watergate, Watergate. Hey, listen, Watergate compared to what our politicians are doing now is a squirt gun. Say, well, Nixon was a crook. Well, all of them's crooks. But I like Nixon. I like Nixon for several reasons. Did you know it was Nixon that was sitting in the Oval Office when the United States astronauts stepped on the moon? It was Nixon. But the historians don't want to give that credit. They want to point toward JFK and Lyndon Johnson. It was Nixon that got us out of the Vietnam conflict. Now, let me say real quickly, our soldiers that fought in Vietnam are heroes. They are heroes. They are patriot. They are God-loving. They are country-loving. They are heroes. The people that went to Vietnam my greatest respect to them because they were incredible and they are still incredible. Many of them died, but they were loyal to their nation. We have a generation today that wouldn't fight over nothing but a lollipop, spoiled brats. But it was Nixon that got us out of the draft. Now, I like Nixon pretty well because I was getting ready to go to Kansas City for my physical when he stopped the draft. Honestly, I'm kind of partial toward Nixon. Pretty cool. Cool president. The one that took uh, Nixon's place, Ford, he didn't do much. He acquitted Nixon, but he didn't do much. All the presidents from there on have been a sad disappointment. Nixon, as I said, was one of my favorites. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's been better presidents than Nixon, but I liked him. Now, some of you are upset with me now because I like Nixon. Well, some of you don't even know who Nixon was. Some of you are sitting out there saying, I wasn't even born when he was here. Nixon watched our soldiers step on the moon. Nixon, that was in 1969. I think it was in July. Nixon sent our soldiers, sent them back home from Vietnam. In the middle of Watergate, and once again, Watergate compared to what's going on now, is like the first kiss on the cheek of your crush in school. In 1973, the war of Yom Kippur, Ronadam, the war. Israel was attacked by Egypt and Syria. Nixon, its president. Some other Arabian nations gathered with Syria, and Egypt to come against Israel. And Israel was just about destroyed. And Israel sent word to the White House in Washington, D.C. We're not going to make it. We're going to be crushed. We're going to be destroyed. And they told the White House, 1973, we will have no choice but to use our nuclear arms. Nixon hears this terrible tidying. And Nixon says, you send everything you can to help Israel. You send them the planes, you send them the missiles, you send them the artillery, you send them everything you can. And every 20 seconds, a loaded aircraft landed on the tarmac of Israel, loaded down with weapons and bombs, every 20 seconds. Somebody was arguing about what planes to send. And Nixon said, shut up and send them all. And President Nixon sent every plane he could, every weapon he could, and because of that, God used President Nixon to preserve Israel. I like him. I like him. Amen? And some of you are sitting there saying, well, I kind of like him now. The woman is Israel. And um, Jesus was born through Israel. And the dragon, of course, is Satan, Lucifer. And it gets descriptions of it, the dragon. Notice in verse three it says there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. Now notice this wonder is in heaven. It's a sign, it's a it's a signal. This great red dragon had seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. Meaning there was a crown on each one of those seven heads. And there were ten horns as a total on those seven heads. Now, I don't want to confuse you, but the Bible says that the, the, this dragon had already drawn. And he's going to do it again. He drawed a third of the angels out of heaven that's the stars he drove a third of the stars down and he fell to earth Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 10 verse 18 I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven and it was done how many ever watched watch lightning and it's done and Jesus says that's how impressed I was with Lucifer and it was done I don't know how many angels Lucifer brought down with him, but the scripture says a third. There may be millions upon millions of fallen angels. I don't know. I know this. Many of them are demons. And I don't know whether there's a thousand, ten thousand, or a million fallen stars, fallen angels, but I'll say this. One demon's one too many. And so this dragon fell down and tried everything to stop the woman from having the child. That was what the flood was about, trying to conquer out the holy seed in Noah's time. That was what Haman was about, trying to destroy the Jews in Persia. That was what it was about with Herod trying to kill baby Jesus. Jesus. You see, when we look at Revelation chapter 12, we see a woman, a wonder in heaven, a dragon, and a sun. We see it in its raw cosmic battle. But at Christmas time, we see it in Luke 1, Matthew 2, we see Mary going down to Bethlehem with Joseph. No room for Jesus in the end. Virgin Mary has a baby. Herod tries to kill the baby. They flee into Egypt. And God calls his son out of Egypt. A picture of Israel coming out of Egypt, by the way. And his son's called out of Egypt. We see that cute little baby. We see the, the, the wise men and the shepherds. But God's seen the dragon. And now you see the dragon standing before the woman to devour the child. Different picture altogether, isn't it? I contend that we ought to move away from the baby in the manger and move to the baby that's being brought forth to bring peace and joy and victory to the world through the birth of the Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I say we need to go to that. And that's where we're at. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not a Christmas killjoy. I, I love Christmas. But you understand that this is a cosmic battle. The universe is at play. There is things going on that we don't even see. We didn't see it in the account of the birth of Jesus in laid in the manger, born of a virgin Mary. We didn't see it. Now we see it in the book of Revelation. There is a cosmic battle. It is an incredible battle. And the Bible calls him a great red dragon. Now everybody stops and says, now wait a minute. He draw a third of the stars from heaven. Yes, that's when he fell. Now he still has access back and forth to heaven, but he, his domain right now is he's the God of this age. He's the God, principal of power of the air. He's here. the devil's here. Don't miss that. The devil is here. Someone said, the devil was kicked out of heaven and he fell to earth in the choir loft. If you look at Isaiah chapter 14 and you look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 28, you'll see a king uh, of tyrus you'll see a picture of Lucifer as a man then Lucifer as a fallen archangel an angel and you'll see that Lucifer was his 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 being was full of musical instruments he was a walking band a walking orchestra don't don't do not misinterpret what I'm saying. I don't understand how a guitar could be embedded in a in a body and it play. Although I watch Ward, and sometimes I wonder. <laughs> but most of the music instruments in that day were done through breath. That everything that had breath, praise the Lord, vocal cords, and we are. Now, birds, they have a tune, but they don't sing like we do. We rear back and sing how great thou art. We have a, 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 what would I say, trombone. We have a trumpet. We have a whistle. We are an airbag that can play music to God. I've been trying to find a way to call you an airbag and not get in trouble, so there we go. but but Lucifer was probably involved with a lot of the worship and the praise and he fell and that's why music is so powerful in our day and music can be good for for the cause of good it can be for the cause of bad it's not the music itself it's the words that corrupts the song let me say that again it is not the music that corrupts the song. It's the words that corrupt the song. you'd always remember that. Amen? Amen. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying, I liked Elvis Presley. (laughs) Don't know whether he went to heaven or not, but I liked his music. I don't know whether Michael Jackson went to heaven or not, but he could dance. I didn't say he could sing. I said he could dance. Elvis could sing, Michael Jackson can dance. And I've tried a few times alone to do the moonwalk. <laughs> Notice the phrase, alone. I'm not going to get on that altar and show you me doing the moonwalk. Because the last time I practiced it, I fell. The moon shifted. And I landed on my moon. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. <laughs> now, when a dragon goes after Israel, the Bible says in verse 5, and we'll pick up the sun in just a little bit, but there's a, the dragon goes after Israel, and Israel runs to what I think is Petra in Jordan. It's a rock city, and I think Israel will flee to that rock city in the mid-trib, and there she will be taken care of that three and a half years. I don't know that that's the exact place, but it's, it looks like it would work. It may be somewhere else, I don't know, but it looks like it could work. You might want to Google that and look at that. It is an incredible city. In fact, they didn't even find it till in our day because it was so hid. I mean, it ceased to be inhabited, they found it later on because it was so hid. And so, um, Petra. And I think Israel will flee into that place. I want to I, I talk a little bit about the man child, the son. But before I do, I want to mention the ten horns and the seven crowns uh, upon the heads. I'm talking about the, 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 the seven heads, the ten horns, and the seven crowns. Now, some people will tell you that this is not going to be a revival or revised uh, edition of the Roman Empire. Some people will tell you that there's no such thing as a reviving of the Roman Empire, you know, rebuilding of it. The only problem with that statement, the only problem with that belief is you have a real hard time with Daniel chapter two, where Nebuchadnezzar saw the kingdom that was mingled with iron and clay which was the last kingdom that would be crushed by the stone cut out without hands out of the mountain, which is a picture of Jesus, and the stone hitting the clay and the iron of the feet and destroying the kingdoms of the world. And then the stone filling the world with the presence. That's Jesus. And so if you don't believe in a revived Roman Empire, then you could just say, well, the, 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 uh, you know, the heads are a picture of, of complete totality, complete power. The seven heads just means, you know, seven means a complete power. And I'm okay if you want to do that, but you're going to have a hard time with Daniel chapter two. The ten horns, an alliance of the one new world order, united Kingdom somewhat, not the united kingdom, but you know what, NATO type setting. The seven crowns represents kings. These seven crowns could be Roman kings in the past, such as Nero, Augustus, different kings in Rome. Could be. It also could be Roman or king leaders in the coming future. The heads, the seven heads, and we'll find later on where it talks about there's five heads, there's one that is now, and there's one yet to come. We'll get to that later in another chapter, and, and we'll we'll talk more about it. But let me just put this in your mind because we're we're going to approach the the seven heads, and I want you to grab this. Remember, remember, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw an image, and he saw that image of Babylon and P, uh, Medes and the Persians, and he saw that uh, Grecian empire. He saw the Roman legs. Uh, Two legs going down and the bottom feet of clay and iron. Rome was in two uh, segments in history showing two legs of Rome. When Jesus came, uh, the Jews were ruled and the world was ruled by Rome. Now, if you, if you count the Medes and the Persians as one kingdom, then you've got to put Egypt as one of the heads. If you count Medes and the Persians as two kingdoms, then you can leave Egypt out. But here's the heads. I'm going to put Egypt. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medes and the Persians, Grecian Empire, five kingdoms, six Rome, one to come. The one coming is the revised Roman Empire. Now, if you want to count the Medes and the Persians two, you leave Egypt out. You follow me? Well, if you don't follow me, we'll 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 do it again down the road, and I'll explain it to you a little better. But I do believe that the beast that comes out in in Revelation 13 is a mixture, It's a mixture of Rome, uh, Assyria. Grecian Empire, because of the bear, the Medes and the Persian, the bear, the lion, the Rome, and, and the pictures of the leper, uh, the leopards, which would be the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great. And so the beast that comes up in Revelation 13 has the traits of all these fallen kingdoms. And the 10 United Kingdoms, or the 10 nations, 10 horns, Will be a product of a mixture of Latin, Greek, Romanism, all the mixture. Also, there's a possibility of, of um, artificial intelligence mixed in this. Because Daniel talked about this beast would be mingled with the seed of men. Could almost pull in computers. Don't look at me like that. I know you're looking at me like you're nuts. You're just totally nuts. No, I I believe I'm preaching the truth. And I believe that the book of Revelation is right, accurate to our times. Amen. So, well, preacher, show me that the the, the man child is Jesus. Well, that's easy done. Number one, Jesus came from Israel. Number two, There's only one man-child that the devil really wants to get rid of, and its name's Jesus. He's going to persecute Israel, and that's happening in our day. There's another great tip to this, and that tip is in Revelation 12, 5, in our chapter, she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with what? A rod of iron. Go back to Psalms, Psalm two, a prophecy of Jesus, the Messiah. Psalm two verse nine, "And thou shalt break, speaking of Jesus, them with a iron with a rod of iron. Jesus comes back in Revelation chapter 19, riding upon a white stallion, not like horses we know today, but angelic. I mean, hotter than Shelby Mustangs. A hundred thousand times over. Angelic white stagion. We're coming back with him. And when he comes, in Revelation 19, Jesus comes in verse 15 and says, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. So we know the woman is Israel and the devil's trying to destroy her, even in our day. We know that the dragon is Lucifer The devil, and we know the son is Jesus Christ. Let me show you a great goody. I didn't plan on saying this, but I I I want to show this. Um, Notice that the dragon stood before the woman, pain to be delivered, and it describes the seven heads, the ten horns, et cetera, et cetera. And he drew a third part of the. Notice verse five, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of arm, and her child was what? Caught up to, unto God, and to his throne. Where's Jesus? He sits at the Father's right hand. He came, he did a job, he redeemed the church, he shed his blood, he offered Israel, Israel rejected it. He came and rejected the Messiah. He went to the cross of Calvary. He died for you. He died for me. He shed his blood for our sins. He went to the cross, (laughs) agonized under the power of, of, of the judgment of God, was put in a grave, rose again from the dead, shot up into heaven, sit down at the right hand of God the Father, and the battle still rages on. We're still trying to get people saved. The battle still rages. I doesn't think me self-happy. And them Paul statements. Notice that they would take care of her for three and a half years, verse 6. This kind of leaves the indication that when the abomination of desolation happens in Daniel 7, and Jesus spoke of it in Matthew 24, that's when Jesus said, run And they will flee out of the city because the abomination of desolation is done in the temple. And they flee out of the city. And there they go to, I think, Petra, there to be spared. The devil will launch out a flood to drown them, to destroy them. That flood very well could be in Zechariah chapter 14. It just doesn't state water. But notice the flood comes out. They're going to be in this place of protection. If it's not in Petra, it's somewhere, obviously. God's going to, he, the Bible says in verse 6, a place, a place. By the way, I have a place too. I'm in Christ Jesus right now and I'm safe. If you're born again, you're safe. Now notice verse 7, and there was war in heaven. That's an unusual statement. War in heaven? Now there's war in heaven. Michael. Now, the word Michael means like God. Michael is not God, but he's created like God. That's why Michael is seen in Revelation chapter 10, like God. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought with his angels. Now, someone says, well, you know, this is a cosmic battle, and it is. It's a cosmic battle. We don't see that battle, but sometimes we can sure feel it. We can watch it in the shoot, we can see that battle in the news media now. Notice and prevail not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. In other words, Satan was crowded out of heaven completely. One day. I don't know why God lets Satan go to heaven occasionally, but he does, Uh, Lucifer. I don't know why God lets Lucifer go to heaven once in a while, but he does because he's the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus sits as lawyer, forgiver, intercessor, and Satan comes with the charge. And he accuses us day and night for our past. We read that here in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, accuse them before our God day and night. Now I've met some folks that don't even need the devil to accuse them of stuff. They spend all their time accusing themselves. I mean, who needs the devil when you won't forgive yourself? Who needs the devil when you won't, Yield to God's love yourself and accept it, that you can be forgiven no matter how bad you think you are. I don't care how bad you think you are, there's someone worse than you. You say, how can you say that? You don't know me. But I knew Paul, and Paul was much worse than you. You say, well, no, Paul says that he was the chief of sinners. No, you say you're the chief of sinners. Well, you and Paul have that out when you get to heaven, okay? See how that works out for you. I'll I'll ask you on the streets of gold, how's how's that working out for you? Amen? And I heard a loud voice saying, now is salvation. But notice he accuses us day and night, and they overcame the devil, verse 11, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives, even unto death. In other words, they were willing to die for their love for Christ. Verse 12 says that their heaven is to shout and rejoice, but earth is to cry. because it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, that's the earth dwellers, of, and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You say, when did this happen? when the devil gets kicked out of heaven permanently. When the devil gets kicked out of heaven permanently, God will send an angel to each gate of heaven and probably be just one of his weaker angels, one of his puny ones, because that's all he needs to take care of the devil. The devil's just a big roar. He's a lion with no teeth. He really wants to slobber all over you. You say, how can you say that? Don't you believe he's majestic and powerful? Not for the blood washed. Not for you and I. He's powerful for the, the, the drug addict and the homosexual and the, the lesbian and the, and the drug pusher and the, uh, the person that can't figure out whether they're male or female. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can look in my pants and tell what I am. Point taken. Okay. Somebody said I ain't never going back. Yes, you are. You like this. You just don't. You just want to pretend you don't like it. Bible says, we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. Now, you can say what you want. You've got to love them people, yes. They come in here with their, you know, they're chanting that they, whatever. We're going to love them. We're going to be good to them. But when I'm behind this pulpit, I'm going to preach the truth. I don't care what clothes they're wearing or what they're saying. I love them and care for them. But nobody's going to tell me what to preach except God. I've said this a hundred times, if not a thousand times. You can, there's two places you cannot go with me in this church. You can't go with me to the pulpit, and you can't go with me to the bathroom. Bottom line. Man, them balloons are loaded with lead. Verse 13, and when the dragon saw that he had cast, was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which had brought forth the man child. Notice, which brought forth the man child. And to the woman was given two wings as a great eagle. Now, lots of interpretation about who this great eagle is. But I want to say something. And I'm going to, by the way. Revelation chapter 4, verse 7 says that there was a cherub A beast, an angelic creature that had the face of a flying eagle. The the drawback is he has six wings, not just two. But Exodus chapter 19 gives us a beautiful picture of God bringing his son out of Egypt. Exodus 19 verse 4. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle wings, and brought you unto myself. Pretty good, huh? So who's going to take them and take them into this place of protection? A great eagle. That great eagle could also be represented as the United States of America. That great eagle could also be a special angel that God has that he used when he helped Moses. The wilderness went with him. And it says that they might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished. For a time, time is a year, times, two years, half a time, three and a half years. From the face of the serpent, the dragon. Now it says the serpent will send forth, verse 15, out of his, his mouth water water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. I don't know exactly the full understanding of this, but I will say this. I believe because it says the dragon will send a flood and because the earth swallows the flood, it's literal water. Because the earth swallows the flood. And it's actually a natural catastrophe. Don't know whether the devil has the ability to do some of that stuff, but nonetheless, there probably will be a flood, an actual flood. Satan is behind. But remember, Isaiah 59, verse 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And so when the flood comes to drown Israel, probably running to Petra or somewhere in safety, The Bible says the earth will open up her mouth and swallow the flood which the dragon had cast out of his mouth. Meaning probably an earthquake will swallow that water. Gone. Verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's Israel. You say, why ain't it us? Because we're going to be with Jesus. That's why it ain't us. Israel. The remnant of her seed which keep, and by the way, you're not a Jew, and it says, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hey, we made it through chapter 12. Woo, we made it through chapter 12. Now, when we get to the 13th chapter, and of course, the 14th chapter, God has given the earth opportunity to be saved by three angels in the 14th chapter. 13th chapter, we see a beast coming up out of the sea, which represents the masses of people, unrest of the nations, the mass of people. And then we see a beast coming up out of the earth representing a false prophet, someone of the earth. When we look at these heads and these kingdoms, these stars and these nations, I want you to understand that we are right there on the line. We're there. We are nationwide. We are worldwide. We are connected in every way. And there will arise a great leader. Someone says the Catholic. Well, let me say this right now. The Catholic ain't good enough to be the false prophet, the Antichrist. They're just a bunch of misled religious people like a lot of other people are. Uh, I've heard so much bashing of of the Catholics I want you to understand I don't agree with their doctrine but I don't think it's going to be Pope now some of you are saying I don't agree with you good, good I don't want you to be a puppet I'm not asking you to be a yes man or a yes woman I want you to study I want you to study now don't misunderstand me. The Catholics will be very much involved because I think she'll be involved with the beast where the Antichrist is riding on this beast, the harlot. I think very much Catholicism is is involved in that. So, let you throw dirt in the air and get totally upset with me. Yes, Catholicism will be involved in that. But the beast will destroy it because the beast don't want anybody but him to be worshipped. And so... We see the, the beast coming out. Let me, let me answer something for you guys because it took me a while to get this restroom in my mind. There's not just one. There's two beasts. And for there to be two beasts, there's not just one leader. There's two leaders. One will be a political leader. The other one will be a religious leader. The religious leader will be the false prophet, and he will dominate the political leader. We'll see that as we get into chapter 13 and going into 17 and 18 and so forth. But anyway, um, that's for another time. But don't be, don't be all upset about the seven heads and the... You know, the ten horns and the crowns. and Don't get all upset about that. It's just as, it's just as simple as vanilla ice cream and apple pie. It's really simple. And we're going to see that it's simple as we go on into the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The war still rageous and you need to get your grandchildren saved the war still rages you need to get your siblings saved the war still rages you need to get people turned on to Jesus Christ you need to tell people that they're going to go to hell without the blood of the Lamb they're going to go to hell without being born again you say you're being so rough not as rough as John the Baptist you say but you ain't no John the Baptist you're right and I don't intend to be John the Baptist because he lost his head And he's dead. Well, actually, he's still alive, but anyway. Amen? If they ever cut my head off, you know, they took John the Baptist's head to, to Herodias and Herod in a silver platter. If anybody ever cuts my head off, don't just take my head. Take my whole body with you. You know, I can just hear. How many ever rung a chicken? Anybody ever rung a chicken? Well, how many ever eat one? Okay, when you wring a chicken, and the chicken goes out in the yard and flops around, and the chicken don't know it's dead yet. And you've got the chicken head in your other hand, and it's looking at you. And you're looking at it, and you're saying, I'm sorry. But you're not. And that chicken sometimes will squawk without its body. That's eerie. Can't you just see John the Baptist on the platter? Eyes sticking out, looking around. John the Baptist is saying to, us God, saying to God in heaven, let me just one more time. John the Baptist is with, with God. He's with his Father in heaven. And, and John the Baptist says to, to his Father, God says, one more time, just one, one more shot at it. And the Father God says, okay, I'll give you one. And from that charger, I could just see it. Repent. Freak out time. Let me tell you another freak out time. When the two witnesses been dead three days and three nights and they get up, stand up straight and be caught up into heaven. That's freak out time. I'll tell you another freak out time. When we're caught up to be with Jesus in the air and we're gone. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Praise the Lord. Hey, I take it we'll be in Revelation 13 next Sunday. Read uh, Daniel chapter 2 this week. Read Daniel chapter 9 this week. And we'll be in Revelation 13. And then there's more in 16 and 17, but 14 Angels trying to get people saved still. You know, God never gives up. He never gives up, and He's not going to give up till the very end. The book of Revelation is full of mercy as well as judgment. It really is. So, we're going to give an invitation. And I want to ask you are you ready to go to heaven? Has your sins been washed? Are you a child of God? Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you turned from your sin? Have you grieved away from your sin? Or are you still pretty buddies with your sin? If you're still pretty buddies with your sin, you're not ready to go to heaven. But if you grieve away from your sin... You ask the Lord to forgive you. I mean, you don't run to the altar and say, oh, hallelujah, aren't you lucky, Jesus? I do now receive you as my Savior. That's a bunch of hooey. That comes out of a barnyard. That's a hooey. It ain't you running up, lucky Jesus. I now receive him as my personal Savior. Where are you getting that? No, you come because God gave you the permission to come. God gives you the repentance to repent, the gift of repentance. You come out of contrition, out of a broken heart, and you come and you ask God in a begging state, please, please forgive me. And if you don't do that, you get the wrong charismatic salvation. If you need forgiveness of your sins. Amen? All is over. You say, well, I think I'm saved. But you better do more than think. So I hope I'm saved. Better do more than hope. Well, I think I, I think I, I think I think I, I hope I hope I'm saved. You better get up here because that I, I think, I think, I, I hope I hope i has got you all messed up. Come to this altar. and Say, Jesus, please, please forgive me all is open